Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of Ghost Maps was recorded on Audio-Technica mics. Ghost Maps. Entry 18. Tampanese. Singapore. Aiden hops to his feet to greet me and shake my hand when I arrive at the coffee shop near the Angmokyo interchange. He tells me that he's really been looking forward to our meeting, but before I can respond, he's already excitedly ruffling through his backpack. Onto the green, slightly damp coffee shop table, he messily stacks files, folders, and stray bits of crumpled A4 paper. He talks at length about how he's been studying the supernatural too, and wants to share with me all the information he's gathered up. I managed to calm him down by telling him that maybe we could talk about all of this another time, and just to stick to what he's experienced personally for now. He nods, only slightly deflated by my suggestion. When the drink stall auntie comes by our table, I order myself a copio, and Aiden asks for the same. Quickly, I interject and suggest that maybe a soothing lemon barley might be what he needs right now instead, to help him focus on telling his story as best as he can, of course. He agrees, and changes his order. I ask Aiden where this enthusiasm for the supernatural came from, and he says that it actually only started after his own experience. Ah, I think to myself, with a slight smile, I've noticed over the years that there's a certain group of people who tend to jump into the supernatural rather eagerly after their first brush with the beyond. Aiden is clearly one of those people. It's certainly not the worst response to an otherwise traumatic incident, so I try not to discourage it, but it also means that I'll need to tread a little more cautiously when it comes to coaxing his story out of him. Aiden's barley arrives just as I take out my recorder and ask him to slowly Start from the beginning. Devon and Pete didn't want to come out, but Aiden kept insisting. The last time that they were all in Singapore together had been around two years ago. So Aiden felt that the three childhood friends were long overdue for a reunion. Devon and Pete were hesitant because unlike Aiden, neither of them were entirely comfortable with being out too late during the Hungry Ghost Month. After constantly badgering them about meeting up though, Aiden's friends 
eventually relented, but only on two conditions. They'd meet near Devon and Pete's home in Tampines, and it would just be for a quick cup of coffee. We won't leave any later than 8pm, Aiden promised. When they finally saw each other that evening though, the three friends were immediately swept up by a comforting sense of familiarity. They joked and laughed as if no time had passed at all since they were last together. They reminisced, but also updated each other on where each of them were in their lives, and where they hoped to be next. Before any of them knew it, it was well past 10pm. Pete and Devon seemed uneasy when they realised how late it was, but not as nervous as they expected to be. Aiden proposed that they cut across a nearby park, which would take them straight to Pete's flat. From there, it was just another couple of minutes to Devon's place, after which Aiden would hop into a cab back to Ang Mokyo. Devon and Pete agreed, and they all hurried along. Unsurprisingly, the park was pretty quiet at that hour. There were still a few people around though, a couple cozying up on a bench, a kid walking her dog, and an old man going for a late night stroll. Aiden, Devon and Pete continued chatting, but Aiden could sense that his friends were getting a little tense. So he quickened the pace, and without a word, Devon and Pete kept up. They started to look a bit more relieved, especially with the main road now just in sight, about 200 metres away. But then Pete suddenly stopped in his tracks. Aiden tells me, in a tone that's definitely more somber than before, that when they were younger, Pete had confided in them that he had the ability to see beyond the ordinary. The third eye, he called it. Aiden at the time hadn't believed him, but kept his skepticism to himself. Staring blankly into the distance, he says, I honestly still didn't believe him, even right up to that moment. He pauses for a moment, then adds, but then I saw it. Pete was glaring at a particularly large, dark and deep storm drain. Even under the slightly dim lights that lined the footpath they were on, Aiden could see that Pete had gone completely pale. Aiden asked what was going on, but Pete didn't answer. Devon followed Pete's line of sight, and whatever it was that had Pete so spooked, Aiden could tell from the expression on Devon's face that he clearly saw it too. Pete's eyes still locked on the storm drain, he hissed under his breath, just keep moving. Devon and Pete carefully continued down the path towards the brighter lights of the main road. Aiden, however, kept staring at the drain, 
determined to see what it was that had frightened his friends. It didn't take long for that determination to pay off. It seemed vaguely human at first, and Aiden's first thought was that it might have been a homeless person. He called out to it and asked if it needed any help. Suddenly, it turns its attention towards Aiden. It moved slowly at first in a strange manner, almost as if all the bones in its body were broken. Aiden was about to step forward to help it, but then it walked into the light. Its body was wrinkled and leathery. The flesh was split all over as if it had been cut and scratched over and over. And it was missing its head. Somehow, it seemed to be making some kind of noise, like the chittering of insects. Aiden couldn't move. Fear held him still, but also the shocking realization of just how wrong he had been all his life and how much that arrogance was about to cost him. The creature seemed pleased by this and made its way towards him quicker than before. That's when Aiden felt someone grab his arm. He turned to see Pete pulling him. Run his friend said. The pair sprinted out of the park and never once looked back to see if they were being followed. Aiden tells me that he was ill for three days after. A slight fever only, but a constant feeling of nausea as well, as if the fear he felt that night had taken root in his gut. His doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, but his uncle knew a Bomo, a witch doctor who could help. It took Aiden about five days to fully recover. Devon and Pete visited him every day. Aiden slowly keeps his files, folders and scattered sheets of paper back into his backpack. Finally, I can completely see the unease that was hidden under all that enthusiasm. Thankfully, it's not a crippling anxiety. There's a stubbornness in Aiden's eyes, one that says that now that he's been proven wrong, he'll never get caught off guard again. He chuckles and tells me that if there was one good thing that came out of that night, it's that him, Pete, and Devon are now closer than ever. I smile, then wave the drink stall auntie over. I may have gotten the story I was looking for, but I suspect that what Aiden needs right now is another listening ear. I order for us two more copios, and we continue talking well past 10pm. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, Subscribe now.